This is the Tribe Tech Podcast. Hello and welcome to this special Tech Southwest podcast, helping you with advice and guidance for your business during the COVID-19 lockdown. I'm Robert Hillier. And I'm Fiaz Khan. Now, things are moving quickly, of course, so do keep checking government websites for the latest updates. But we are recording this on Wednesday, the 25th of March. We'll post it on the same day. A lot of what we talk about today is general guidance that you need to know. Some of it may change. Do bear that in mind. So we have two guests today, Ben Travers from Stephen Scone Solicitors and John Mayer, who's the Somerset lead for the Federation of Sport businesses. We'll start with Ben, who's in his garden in Exeter. Um, morning. Morning, Ben. So most tech companies now will have moved their employees and operations off-site. What do they need to be thinking about? There's lots of things for them to think about, and, and understandably we're starting to see businesses moving from perhaps a, a surviving to a thriving stage already. So they've taken some uh, quick emergency decisions, got their workers working from home, and are now starting to iron out some of the some of the issues, and that includes some of the legal and the regulatory issues. So um, one of the key things we're seeing is uh, businesses keen to make sure that they're staying on top of their GDPR and data protection and cybersecurity obligations. There's uh, an increased risk when people are working from home that they are going to fall foul of perhaps a cyber attack. For example, employees are less likely to be able to turn to a colleague and ask them for their opinion. They're also perhaps less likely to raise their hand if something goes wrong. So making sure that those staff are trained, aware and alert to the issues and that culturally the organisation is encouraging that communication is going to be really important. We're seeing um, a sea change in communication generally and actually it's really interesting that lots of the businesses we're speaking to are saying that they're communicating with their teams better than they've ever had before. The, the necessity of the, the, the daily catch-ups and the, the forced formality of the structure of that communication is some, for some teams making it better than it's ever been before. But having uh, or paying attention, I should say, to the, the tools that they use for that communication is also really important. So we've seen lots of online platforms offering great support, but making sure that businesses sweat small print and look at the terms of the platforms that they're using is going to be really important. But are you saying things like um, using Zoom, for example, or Google or any other third party Slack, platforms? Slack's becoming increasingly... And Microsoft um, Teams is yeah. becoming quite big as well. And and it, they, are seeing, they do seem to be crashes as well. But are you saying that those are the, the platforms that could cause some sort of problem for... Companies. I'm thinking in particular about um, platforms which allow organisations to uh, upload documents, for example, and share those documents remotely. So okay. um, the terms of each platform, and not, I'm not picking on those ones in particular, but the, the terms of each platform just need to be had, looked at to make sure that, A, you're allowed to do what you want to do on those platforms, but B, also that what you're going to be sending through isn't going to be compromised. So look, thinking about security, but also thinking about ownership. So, for example, if you imagine a business that is pivoting to deploy services digitally, the terms of the platforms on which they deliver those services are going to be important to make sure that they don't give away all of their intellectual property rights. Yeah. Were they to do so in, in six months' time, they're going to struggle to commercialise those those assets going forward. So it's, it's just stopping, taking a breath and a step back and making sure that you understand the deal that's being done when you use those platforms. Um, I'm not what? saying don't use them, but just... 
be careful. What What do you guys use? What would you suggest is a good platform to use for for file sharing? So we we're slightly different. So we're as a, a regulated firm, we have um, all sorts of dedicated um, platforms and servers for the provision of legal services. So we're probably not a uh, a fair comparison to most businesses because the nature of the information that we as an organisation deal with is always um, highly confidential. But um, certainly we use Zoom, for example, for um, team meetings. Um, we um, use WhatsApp, but we're very careful about not mentioning uh, client names or uh, anything which might otherwise identify a client in that sort of communication. So can I just check then with you, Ben, so as, as far as you are aware now, that there will not be any relaxation around the rules if there is a data breach and you can't say, well, we didn't know we were moving to this platform. It's still up to you to make sure that you've got yourself covered. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So the ICO that regulates this sort of stuff um, is a regulator which is at pains to make the world know that it's not into draconian punishments for the sake of it. Um, they're a reasonable and rational regulator. But also, uh, all of the rules have been there for a long time. And, and what you could consider the current situation to be is a massive stress test of all of the things that businesses are supposed to have had in place to um, be ready for just this sort of circumstance. So I think in the long term, the regulators are are likely to take a dim view of people that um, haven't got those foundations in place. Yes, there may be um, fractures as the system is stressed at the moment as people put in place, place those plans, but those that haven't done anything to prepare for this sort of situation are the ones that are going to be particularly um, uh, come unstuck potentially in the future. And it's not just the regulators. It, it, it's more often um, the damage that's done by the public perception that, that causes the long-term consequences yeah. for businesses. If you're not sure if what you're doing is going to be compliant or not, and you may be putting your, yourself, your employees or individuals at risk, what's the best way of finding out information to, to check if what you're doing is safe? So the, the Information Commission's office has a helpline. It has an information site as well. I imagine the helpline is going to be fairly inundated at the moment. Um, but there are, there's a lot of information on there their website, a lot of support available there. It's a really useful resource. Um, we have a resource, we have a, a hub page on our own website that people can have a look at and it's got lots of information there including some template documents and guidance for businesses that are trying to uh, work from home perhaps for the first time. So I think also it, it's worth just looking at the basics. So remember that as an organisation if you're dealing with customer data, personal data, you, you have an obligation to understand where that data is going and how it's being used. So checking the the terms and conditions to make sure that the data is not going to be transferred out the European Economic Area would be a really obvious thing to think mm. about. Um, having to think about whether you've got a data map that accurately shows all of the data flows coming into the organisation and out of the organisation so that you can identify the conduits and the weaknesses for that data. Those sort of simple early steps that businesses will have been doing as part of their GDPR compliance anyway is that stuff that, that should be day-to-day -day business as usual which is getting forgotten in the rush. The other thing I should add is um, completing privacy impact assessments. So completing privacy impact assessments, relatively easy thing to do, um, helps you to make a rational judgment about whether what you're doing is going to be compliant and is, is, is fair and reasonable from a security and GDPR point of view. Again, just think about doing privacy impact assessments for anything that you're doing now, which has an impact on the way you process data. Ben, that's great. Enormously useful. Thank you very much indeed for your 
uh, help and time with that. And um, no doubt we'll talk to you again over the next few weeks. Tweet now. Tech SW official. So we're joined now by John Mayer, who's the area lead in Somerset for the Federation of Small Businesses and also the owner of the Tax Assist Accountants franchise. And he's joining us from Western Supermare. John, thank you. Uh, so just tell us then, in, in relation to, to small businesses and, and help for small businesses, how, how clear is the advice at the moment? I don't think the Revenue and Customs or Department of Work and Pensions or any of those organisations or the, the councils have got everything in place yet to even to put in what the government are actually you know, giving us. And so that's one of the major issues. I think we're, we're going to have to wait and see information come through bit by bit and then obviously keep an eye on everything, especially anything like this coming through, and just keep up to date. It's not easy. One thing business has to do is keep an eye on its cash flow. And although there's an understandable reluctance to do this, but one of the things that is made available, you can get access to loans to keep your business going. And what the government is saying is they will pay the, the interest on these loans for 12 months. And um, and the banks they, the banks are meant to be very receptive to actually anyone going for, um, with asking them for these loans and also anything any links through the business bank. What happens, John, for people who are directors of small businesses or sole traders, people who own limited companies? I mean, what help is there for them? Okay, let's start with sole traders because um, that at the moment there should be an announcement today as to what help may be it might be available to sole traders. Um, it has been said so far that self-employed people are probably the people who got the least amount of help announced yeah. so far. So what is being suggested? And I do I do stress here suggested because we don't know. But what I have heard is that um, sole traders file tax returns every year. And the tax calculations that are generated from those are effectively what is a P60. You can actually go and go back um, for three years of tax returns and, and what the tax calculations are. And whatever your profits are, they may well pay 80% of those profits. Now, we don't know that, but that is one suggestion. I think um, Richard Bailey from the government, the government, one of the government spokesmen, said it's very difficult for self-employed how, how they can be helped. But that is one suggestion. We're just going to keep an eye on that and see whether that is the case. And is that tax-free, the, the money that they'll be giving you if they do? No, it won't be tax-free. Any, any, that's going to be one of the things that's not been made clear, but I cannot see that any, any of these monies that are given by government, other than grants, are going to be tax-free. And I'm not even sure grants can be tax-free. That's one of the things that needs to come, come out, actually. We'll come back to grants in a minute. Um, but that, that is a big question there. So effectively, what it is is to replace your income. So effectively, if you take that in context, replace your income is still taxable. Yeah. So I can't. Yeah. Say but it's only eighty percent of it. So eighty percent of it. Yeah, but it, 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 you know, it will be taxed to pay on it. Going back to onto company directors, um, there's a lot of. I mean, company directors effectively. Um, I don't think a lot of people really appreciate this. Is that you're actually owners of your business, but you haven't got a contract for employment. One of the benefits of that normally is that it's us from having to have the minimum wage. And it means that what we do, we take a low salary, take dividends as, as our other part of our income. Yeah. That's one bigger tax branch to us. Now, I have seen a lot of social media surrounding this where directors have come to us and said, well, why can we not give ourselves contract employment and then be able to take an enhanced salary? And, and effectively, they would still they could take up to £37,500 and pay that. But 
that really, from revenue customers' point of view, I don't think they're going to accept that. They're going to see that as income shifting because you can imagine three months' time, the dress coming back and say, well, that doesn't suit me anymore. Um, I want to go back to what it was. I want the tax advantages. And that really is, is income shifting. The second part of that for um, company directors is whether um, they, they are technically, they, they, they have to manage the business. We're talking about furlough leave here. I mean, maybe that needs to be explained. Yes, yeah, please do. Yeah, so basically what's been announced is that for employees, if a company can no longer um, keep those employees on, rather than um, make them redundant or sack them, what they're ever going to do, what they can do is put what's called furlough leave. Basically what that means, you basically in effect put your, your staff out on garden leave. Okay. And so, so they say so that they can, in which case they've got to be completely distanced from the business, they cannot um, do any work. But what the government say then is that any they will then batch 80% of, the, of that um, employee's salary. So the, what happens, the employer will pay the salary and the uh, government will pay that back. What that mechanism is, yet yeah, we don't know, and that is still to be announced. But that is what furlough leave is, and that is one of the things which directors are asking, can they get that furlough leave? In my, in my opinion, and it, it could be starting to be contradicted by future announcements, but in my opinion, directors are not uh, liable for furlough leave. Um, they all they've got redressed to at the moment. The same as self-employed people that they can go on benefits um, if they if they know they really are um, financially hit, and that's mm-hmm. the only thing they can do. And actually, I don't think it would be advisable for directors to to go on follow leave because if they aren't able to have any um, access to the business or do any work for the business, and then they're just going to lose clients that way, aren't they? So you can't they sort of hemorrhage your to- business and profits. That would be silly. I think one of the things that I think we've all have to do, we have to manage a business and try to keep it in a state where we can come back to it when, when all this ends mm. and pick up the reins again and start again. Um, I, I really respect the fact that I'm not, so, so many of my clients have contact me, contact me completely panic-stricken because their workers have just been completely shut off and they've got no income coming in, and that is hard. Mm. No choice about it. And obviously they're all asking what can we, what we're entitled to. So, but my advice to my clients is try to keep it going. Do not make knee-jerk reactions. There is some help out there. See what help is available and see where you can keep yourself going because when this comes through, there will be work out there and we will be sure to pick up again. That's my message to my clients. So when you say try to keep it going, but, you know, people who aren't able to go out to their shops or businesses because they're not essential key workers or offering essential services, then do you just mean that people should be sending emails out to their clients, just sort of letting them know that we exist, we're still here and we'll be back when all this is over? Yes, emails, but also I think um, a lot of people have got web pages, communicate for our web pages, use social media, communicate with our social media. Just let people know that you're still there and ready to pick up the reins when all this ends. So, and so you keep yourself to the forefront of people's, to people's thoughts and minds. Mm-hmm. You said you just to clarify around grants as well, John. You wanted to make it clear about yeah, the Yeah, so what, there's been a lot of uh, yeah, there's been a lot of confusion regarding the grants. So what they, so effectively what. A lot of businesses who there's every business has a rateable value. So, same but retail shops, um, restaurants, etc., have a rateable value. And at the moment, they, they get rates relieved. So, uh, there's two elements to this. There's the twelve thousand pound rates that's been around for years now, where you don't pay any rates if your rateable value is below twelve thousand pound. But then the government enhanced that to fifty one thousand recently. So, effectively, anyone who gets rate relief, the government have said by councils they will pay. A £10,000 grant for anyone with a rate of value between 0 and 15000 
and a £25,000 grant for any, any one with a rateable value of between 15 and 51000 But this only includes businesses who get rates relief. And that has to be clear, because I've got a lot of people asking me, can I get it from working from home? Can I get it from working from office? No, they don't get rates relief, so they're not entitled to those grants. And what is that money? What is that money for? Is that is that just to keep your business going through this time? It is. It's to basically cover the rents, really. So their rental value, to some extent, is linked to rents. So it's, that is not so true nowadays. Used many was, but there is an element of that to it. So if your rental value, say my rate of value of my my uh, office is is nine and a half thousand, so I get rate relief. My rent's around about nine and a half thousand, so it sort of links them together. So the the grant's meant to cover my rent. Okay, um, and so and uh, so uh, during this time, what what information is it important that people keep hold of so that as we as we start to move through and we start to move out the other side, that they've they've captured and collated to to help them. Get some, get some money, and get some support. Yeah, so I think first of all to keep, keep an, I mean, I think accountants are very important here for, for businesses. Accountants should be giving information to their clients, and that's central. But having said that, they can also go to places like Federation of Small Businesses and look at websites, and just keep an eye on what's available and, and take the opportunity to, to make what's available and actually use it. If you, I mean, there would. If you can't get any help, it's very difficult. But the, the only other thing to do is just, just try to keep your heads up and just try and keep the you know, business at least visible mm-hmm. so when things do pick up, you can get back working again. When do you think that will be? Do you think it will be like end of June or I have no May? idea. I mean, how, who, who can say really? I mean, the government is saying that um, by, by June, June, July, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's two things, isn't there? One is that we that we look follow other countries at the moment. The epidemic seems to, in some, say in China, for instance, in, in the province that had with thought all this, seems to be dying down, and they begin to relieve, you know, begin to um, let people go out a bit more and start start back to normal life. One of the questions is, will it restart again? Yeah. And that's a problem, isn't it? So if, 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 what we're all waiting for is, okay, hopefully in this country we'll come to a peak, maybe around about June, July, let's say May, May will peak, won't they, basically? Mm. And at that point in time, it starts to drop off, the restrictions will be lifted. But if it comes back again, and that's the key question, isn't it? Then we might go back to having restrictions. And and, they, and some you know, people say it could go on for two years. I mean, we just don't know, frankly, is anyone's case. What should the first thing people, you know, once once things start to get back to normal, what should one of the first things businesses do and, and keep in mind when they when they restart? Um, get, basically get on with the work as quick as possible and get paid as quickly as possible, make sure they get paid. Mm, okay. That's the key thing, isn't it? Really, I say one thing. Another thing which I think we should mention as well is paying taxes. That's a big thing for small businesses. Um, what the government have announced is that um, for anyone paying income tax, and there's, uh, if you understand that, that some people have payments on the account to make on July thirty first, which is basically tax going towards um, paid being paid to pay towards next year's tax bill, either this April the fifth, um, two thousand. Um, and 20 tax returns are about to be completed. That tax will be payable by 31st January. But those payments accounts, 31st of July, pay towards that. They are being um, put off now. You don't have to pay them until, until January, January the 31st. So that's mm. the first thing that's been helped. Second thing is VAT. VAT for many businesses is a big bill. Yeah. And that's yeah. been deferred now. You don't have to pay that till July 31st. 
corporation tax, I of course, I'm not completely clear on, but I, and, um, that's how I might look at. But that, I think, has been postponed as well. Another big announcement has just come out as well, which is that I only got yesterday, was that um, limited companies will be given a, um, a three-month um, deadline delay. So that's going to help a lot of limited companies who are worried about getting their accounts in and getting them filed on time. They've been allowed a three-month um, delay time for doing that. So that's a, that's a, that's a hot-off-the-press announcement. I think one of the concerns probably for limited companies would be that paying corporation tax when your business isn't earning any income, even if there is a delay, is going to be, how on earth are you going to do that? No, in which case, what the government is saying, that revenue cuts will give you time to pay. Now, how long that time to pay is, um, is normally they revenue cuts try to get you to pay back within a year. But I think under the present circumstances, they might you know, let that go on a bit longer. <clears throat> they will put pressure on to get your pay as quick as possible. And if you phone their um, helpline, they will they do put considerable pressure. And sometimes I think rent customers are a bit crude, if, I, if I'm honest with that line, because they might, um, they try to get, say, can you take loans? Can you pay by credit yeah. card? Well, the fact that people are phoning them is that, you know, you, 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 haven't, you don't want to do that. You'd rather find time to pay. I mean, given that time to pay. And I think, People, a lot of people generally want to pay their taxes. They don't not like paying taxes. I know there is people who don't, who won't. That's another story. But the, so I think you know, the revenue has to respect that and let, give people time to pay. A Tech Southwest podcast. So thanks to John Mayer, who's an accountant with Tax Assist and also the Somerset lead for the Federation of Small Businesses. And before that... And for that, we had Ben Travers, who's an expert on legal and tech at Stevens Scone Solicitors in Exeter. So this is a Tech Southwest special podcast, hoping to help you through the business and individual lockdown during the COVID-19 crisis. We'll do this really as often as we feel there's information that we can get out to people. Uh, Keep subscribing and keep listening and share this when you can. And if you have anything that you want to tell us about or you want us to cover, just get in touch with us. You can tweet at Tech Southwest Official or you can tweet me directly at Fayalzakay. And we'd love to hear from you. So, yeah, keep safe, guys, and stay home. A Tech Southwest podcast.